welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. We're back. Uh, yeah, we yeah. are. I don't know. This this feels like a a, a perfectly normal episode. Like <laughs> I don't I don't have Pretty... a lot to say about life. Uh, I have a, a thing to say about the past couple weeks because I watched the movie RRR, which is available on Netflix, and uh, I highly recommend everyone go see it. It's a it's a Tollywood movie, which means uh, it's southern India instead of northern India, but it has a lot of the, the best things you know and love about Bollywood. Oh, I've heard um, of this. Okay, yeah. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> it's like silly in all the best ways and earnest in all the best ways and like exactly what I was hoping it would be. It's so good. How long is it? Is it super long? Yeah, it's like three hours. Okay. I feel like that's like all of all of the big like movies that like hit from India in like the American sort of pop culture sphere tend to be really long ones because I remember like several several years ago there was another one called Megadira that I watched um, that was also very long. Yeah, Megadira I think is pretty they, good. They just make long movies. They have to fit in all the like ridiculous action sequences and the uh, the dance numbers and whatnot. So that's true. The dance numbers do kind of pad it out. Yeah, and there's a couple. There's like a very good dance number in the in right in the middle of this one. So. Nice. Yeah, that's one that is has definitely been on my radar with three uh, R's. Yeah, I want to <laughs> radar. Um, I really like. I want to talk about all the super amazing scenes in it, but also I don't want to spoil it because you should absolutely see <laughs> all the super amazing scenes. I'll spoil. I'll spoil like the character intros because they're right near the beginning. Um. The so the the two characters, one of them gets introduced with, uh, I'll just spoil one of them. Um, he's uh, running through a jungle, being chased by a wolf, uh, and then he sees uh, a tiger. So he like does a a quick speed change to get the like tiger to try and ambush him, and then like does a jump, twisting jump right between the tiger and the wolf as they're both leaping towards him so that they crash into each other. Damn. And so, the tiger, is... so the tiger takes out the wolf, and then he has a tiger chasing him, uh, and then he has to, like, lead the tiger into a trap to try and capture the tiger. What a, what a freaking baller move. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. And he has to try and catch the tiger in a trap that was intended for a wolf. So it's, like, not quite, you know, strong enough, so he has to, like, grab the ropes and pull them himself, and <laughs> you see him, the, like, his strength versus the tiger's strength, and it's it's just, like, absolutely wonderful. It's a great sequence, and all and it only goes up from there. Yeah, I've, that's what I've heard about this movie, is that it is just wild and bonkers fun. So, yeah. yeah. That's, it is, yeah, it on is my radar. Things. Nice. Cool. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, but that's my main um, past two weeks thing. Cool. Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to, like, think of anything that I've, like, 
watched or I guess I've been playing like a little bit on and off since even before we recorded the last episode. I've been playing some of Ghostwire Tokyo. I've been enjoying that quite a bit. I don't know. It's uh it's what nothing it? like it's um so it's published by Bethesda. It's made by the same studio that did um the uh Evil Within. Yeah, Evil Within. Um which it was what's his name? Um Shinji Mikami who Japanese like horror level design. I think he started out like as a level designer. Um I'm probably botching this horribly. Um but yeah, it's like a first person um like open world exploration heavy game um and instead of shooting bullets you shoot spells at ghosts um it's a lot of fun okay like i said nothing nothing like groundbreaking or revolutionary but it, it it has kind of been like oh this is what i've been sort of looking at looking for lately is this kind of thing so yeah yeah very cool yeah that's about it. That's all I got to talk about, really. <laughs> Carl? I'm incredibly sunburnt. Ooh. Oh, no. That's all I have to say. Sign of time yeah. well spent. Were you just, like, hanging out, like, sunbathing? Or you were just, like, out taking a walk? Or oh, We were out sitting, on, sitting in the sun with some friends, talking, and... That's a wet, that's a sunburned well earned then. Like that's that's how you want to get a sunburn. <laughs> Hanging yeah, out, yeah. chatting with friends in nice weather. Yeah. Man, I do hate getting the sunburn. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Usually usually it's worth it. I still uh, now have enough. a uh, a like darker patch on um <laughs> on my like left ankle from where I got sunburned at acetate. It's just this like really weird, just like top of my foot spot because I took my shoes off to go sit in the, on the beach and uh, did not put suntan lotion on my feet. So just like the top of my feet and the ankles burned. Yeah, I always at the end of the summer, I always end up just like with the tops of my feet being tanned from wearing flats all the time. Um, and and that's about it. Like, <laughs> just the the gradual, from whatever small amount of time I'm outside on a regular, like normal work day, um, just gradually builds up over several months to, here is your your foot tan for the year. Enjoy. Like a very specific farmer's tan. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Well. Even though I haven't done much over the past few weeks, it's the upcoming few weeks are going to be like pretty intense for me because uh, this coming week, starting today in like ten minutes, is uh, summer games done quick. Yeah. So we that. are. Uh, and now you actually know what you can use this to uh, to to calculate when we start recording our episodes. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so Summer Games done quick, speedrun marathon all week. Very excited. Uh, I will miss the very end of it because next Saturday uh, I am leaving to fly back to the East Coast for my mother's birthday and my sister's wedding. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah, so spending, spending some time with family stuff there. Uh, and then I will be coming back 
And then there's the next, uh, another new MXTX volume coming out. I think it's uh, volume three of um, Heaven Official's Blessing uh, on, I think, that Tuesday. And then that weekend, the following weekend after that, is the Pacific Northwest Reptile Show. And I may be getting my gecko that weekend. Yes. Gecko. We're, we're so close to gecko time. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for Gecko, for sure. I'm very excited. Hell yeah. I'm not going to believe in the Gecko until it happens. Until the Gecko arrives. Yeah, we got, a, uh, we got an air conditioning unit uh, like a week or two ago um, and put it uh, like to, to be able to you know, keep the house cool enough to support a Gecko uh, in the height of the summer. And so we tested it out yesterday to make sure it can like cool the whole house from the computer room. So nice. We are we are prepping for gecko time. Yeah, that's that's like a big uh that's a that's a I guess a big investment to make for gecko. Like we had we bought an AC unit. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know how much like a standalone AC unit costs. Yeah, we I mean we got a head right now. We but. got a relatively cheap one, but yeah, it's like 300 bucks or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's if it's able to cool your entire place with a single unit, that that ain't bad. Hell yeah, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> it's uh, the circulation is not amazing. So the problem is that like in order for the living room to be at around like seventy two seventy degrees or whatever, the computer room has to be at like sixty five degrees. Oh yeah. So, um. So you know we'll have to deal with that. But like it's in Seattle, you don't really need it more than like. A month or so out of the year so yeah yeah there's always this this couple like miserable months and then it's fine yeah so, yeah well that's good i am excited for gecko i will keep my fingers crossed for gecko please do um, i am excited <laughs> <laughs> uh the problem is like i gotta get a friend to come with me who has like reliable air conditioning in their car to make sure the gecko survives the trip back. Cause it's like an hour drive more or less. And uh, you know, if the, the gecko's fine up to about like 85 degrees and like a hot car can get hotter than that. So mm -hmm. can you look, this is like a dumb, dumb question. Can you get a cooler? It was just like a little bit of ice, just I, to keep it like a little bit cold. The thought, like... the thought had occurred to me, like, okay, what if I get like a cooler and I put like some an ice pack in the bottom and then like, like some styrofoam or some insulation between it and like put it on top. Yeah. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring a portable thermometer with me, mm -hmm. um, and we'll like so I can like measure the temperature as we're going back and forth and like you see see how it's doing. Um, That's a good call. Yeah. But yeah. I guess I didn't realize that geckos were so sensitive to temperature. I always thought of them as like desert desert lizard. So I don't know. Depends I don't know a lot gecko. about geckos. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, some ge there are some desert geckos, but there are also some tropical geckos. But in general, they're all reptiles, so they're all cold blooded, which means they can't do internal temperature regulation. So most reptiles have a fairly narrow band of temperatures where they are comfortable, and then they just do not do well outside of it. <laughs> So it's, I guess probably most desert geckos like are in the shade during the day, yeah, and, and run you, around outside at night. So yeah, and you also um, for desert geckos you buy special heating equipment for their tanks, right? You get heat pads so that they can have a, a basking spot and like heat lamps and things like that. 
but uh, the new Caledonia geckos uh, live in a like temperate, uh, like temperate uh, jungle type area um, on an island. So they're like accustomed to temperatures that are more or less like room temperature. Like their their preference through the day is like seventy two to seventy eight, and then um, at night they generally go down to like high 60s low 70s so you don't need to buy unlike a lot of other lizards you don't need to buy a bunch of special heating equipment just for their tank um but you know you still you still got to keep them in the temperature range they like i i just googled new caledonian geckos and all it's showing me is the giant version oh the lichianus gecko yes <laughs> yeah, there's a there's like something like a hundred gecko species on uh, oh okay on, on New right. Caledonia. So there's like um there's gargoyle geckos and Lichianus geckos and crested geckos and there's a there's actually like a a person that I was very much considering getting merch. She does like really cute reptile drawings. Um, she's most I think she, like a lot of her drawings are she'll do like little little snakes curled up in drink cups that are like colored to mimic certain like coffee drinks or smoothies and things um I but think, she... i think her work was showing up in my google image search just now so yep. yeah and uh <laughs> and she has a she has a poster that's like all the geckos of new caledonia um that is a very cute poster um yeah terra tiger studios there it is um <laughs> shout out to terra tiger studios uh, she has a very cute poster of all the New Caledonia geckos that I might get, um, but we shall see. Yeah, you're just gonna have, like, this is the gecko room, and it's all, like, gecko stuff. I think that would be a, a great concept for a room. Right now, the, the gecko tank is in the living room, like, literally on one of the side tables next to the couch, so I can just hang out on the couch and, like, look over and enjoy the little isopods and whatnot and yes. <laughs> theoretically in the future the gecko yeah ah new friends awesome love it i believe the it's the c ciliatus that is the crested gecko on this poster of geckos here's oh right you said yeah you said crested gecko before so I, yes. yeah i remember looking that one up um there is there is the poster maybe we can link it on the twitter for people or oh, you can just is... google it google terra tiger uh one r in terra um geckos of new caledonia and check out this very cute that's a very that is a cute poster geckos. yeah yeah nice. so the crested gecko is towards the the lower left it's like the second one up from the bottom on the left side oh, okay yeah 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 but yeah the lichianus gecko is like the big honker in the middle yeah, big boy. Yeah, they're they're very like wrinkly, which I find somehow like extremely funny. I don't know why, but I don't I just they look like a they look like a muppet with loose skin. I yeah, don't know. Just, just too much skin. Yep. <sighs> okay, well, Gecko Watch 2022. You yep. heard it here first, gang. Yeah, and if I don't if I don't find exactly the right gecko at the Gecko show, I did get a lot of contacts for breeders in the area so like you know i know like places to watch and uh places i can go keep checking if i 
if I just don't find what I'm looking for. But it's it's supposed to be a very big show, so hopefully I'll find exactly the right gecko. Yeah, that would be good. Anyway, <laughs> so that's that's the next. So expect the uh, the next episode we do to be like chock full of <laughs> exciting stories in contrast yeah. to this one. Yeah, that's fine. This is like the the uh, end of June. I don't know. Beginning of summer feels like always feels like kind of a lull time. Yeah, it's too hot well, to do anything. Yeah, to do anything. Too yeah, hot to sure. do anything. Uh, except play Ollie Ollie World. Yeah. Yeah. Segway, Great job. Segway. Great job. <laughs> yeah, we um, played Ollie Ollie World by Roll Seven, and uh, it's skateboard. Yeah. Go fast. Do tricks. I I have not played a skateboarding game before. Like I've seen a bunch of Tony Hawk stuff. I maybe, like, you know, was handed a controller by a friend at one point and played it for, like, two minutes or something like that. Um, but I've never owned a Tony Hawk game. And to be honest, I think this is probably a very different sort of game. It is. Uh, yeah. Yes. It feels almost more like an infinite runner uh, than it does, like, a, like, what I assume a Tony Hawk game would be like. But it's it's sort of a faux 3D... Um, but the gameplay is all on a 2D plane, more or less. Sometimes you get some, like, Z-dimension switching of lanes, uh, a la Little Big Planet. Um, but it's mostly 2D, and it's mostly about timing. Um, mm -hmm. There's... When I, <laughs> when I was started playing this and I was describing it to my friends, I'm like, oh yeah, it's kind of like... Like, it's a one-button game. Like, everything pretty much is just done with the left stick. So it's really, like, you only have to worry about timing. But then I played the rest of the game. <laughs> That's actually not true. Yeah, they, um, they really... It's, it's deceptive, like, how much... How many mechanics they have managed to, yeah. to just cram yes. into this thing. I, um, like, I think I played one of the Ollie Ollie games, like, on the DS, maybe, years and years and years ago. And I... Didn't play that much of it, and I just completely forgot, like, all of everything. And I'm sure some of the stuff is, has been added since then, maybe. Um, but yeah, a lot of... a lot going on. Because <laughs> yeah, you see the, the, you know, the setup is that there's, like, five different, like, regions that you're going to skate through. And you see there's, like, a couple tutorials in the first one. And you're like, oh, I see how it is. Like, they'll teach me the basics up front, and then we'll get, like, maybe one new mechanic per world and there'll be like five things but no it's like two or three new mechanics per world yeah yeah and they're um, all like relatively simple on yeah. their own yeah they're all but and they're all when you're doing everything at once yeah they're all mostly intuitive like there's one or two that i you know had trouble executing uh when i was just focused on it um, but yeah, when you have to do like, oh, there's like seven different things you could do here. I'm like, I'm doing none of them. I'm doing the two things I know how to do. And that's going to get me through this. Yeah, <clears throat> that was, um, yeah, that's like the big struggle is getting too in the weeds of trying to do it really cool and flashy when you don't have to do any of that to get through the game. 
Yeah. Um, it's funny. So part of the the way it works is like in each region there's a like a little path that's a series of levels and in each level there's uh you just have to get, you know, from the start to the end. Uh you can without wiping out, but there's checkpoints. So if you get to a checkpoint then you get to restart there if you wipe out. Um slamming as they call it. Um but the there's also like a series of challenges you can do that are kind of like achievement style. And there's a series of what they call local heroes, which are basically just three different par scores. Like here are some scores to try and beat. And like the first world I was getting, like beating all three local hero scores, like no sweat, pretty much every level. Second world. It's like, Oh, like sometimes I can get three. Sometimes I can get like you know, I can get two and the last one's kind of a reach. By World 5, like, my score was, I don't know, like 80,000 points. And the lowest local hero is, like, 500,000. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What's going on? It's It's really insane looking at the leaderboards also for, like, the first, you know, set of tutorial levels. And just people getting insane freaking scores. And uh, I don't... I still don't fully understand like how how that works, but um, you know, I'm I'm sure these are people who are like super super invested in the series and know how to do it real good. Yeah, um, played a lot and do all of the different types of tricks and Yeah, yeah. Um, which good for them. I yeah. I don't find anything compelling about like score attack type of games where it's like, okay, you've done it, now you got to do it better and get a get a good score. Ah, that that does not um, that does not incentivize me in any way, but yeah, I mean there are it's, some it's impressive. Um, there are some extra levels that get unlocked by beating uh mm. twenty five of the local heroes in each level. So I got you know the first two or three of those, uh, and then I stopped. <laughs> then I'm like, nope, no. Way. I think I got the first two, and then in the desert level, I was like, there is no way. Like I, I was. Um, I was at the end, and I'd like there. I'm like, well, there's maybe like one or two levels that I could do a little better and get one more person. But I was at like 19 out of 25, and I'm like, one or two is not going to cut it. I am not going to get there. Um, what else? the the um the rival system? I I thought was a really nice touch, though. Um, as far as like, can you can you like? beat your personal best a little better. The rival system, I don't know if they ever actually, like, explain it in the game. Um, but they it basically... Not. Okay. <laughs> I think I think I might have um, seen this in an article or something, but the rival system, um, what it does is it, it'll periodically pick out a rival from, like, everybody who's playing the game who um, is getting, like, a, a similar, slightly higher than your score on, like, a run or on a level. Um, that's, you know, it's it's... It's definitely achievable to get a higher score than them, so that is like a nice little way to kind of push you to do like yeah, and they'll, you know, they'll a pop in tricks. they'll pop in that skater in the front, and they'll be like, "This is your rival now. Like, see if you can beat them." Mm -hmm. And they if I don't think they don't like trash talk you or anything, but like they show up at the end of the level, and if you haven't beaten them, you feel kind of bad about it. Yeah, it's I um. Yeah, and it's like, the, you don't get to control who your rival is, and they don't have anything to do with it either. It's just the game saying, 
here's someone with a comparable but slightly higher score. See if you can beat them. And that's, I don't know, that's nice. That's yeah, a nice I, In my like, case, the way. score was always identical. Uh, and I don't know if that's just because yeah. I'm a like low-level noob who like does absolutely zero more tricks than are required. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. Um, with I, I definitely noticed that that was the case for me as well. Um, way down in the like, you're you're ranked sixty-four billionth in the world or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played it on the Switch for what it's worth. Um, the there is like some lag in the loading and the cutscenes, but the gameplay is mostly fine. The only problem is if you have um, touchy Switch controllers, which it's pretty common for the Switch controllers to get a little touchy uh, if they're not like brand spanking new. Um, then sometimes it can drop inputs occasionally, and that can like cause you to wipe. Yeah, I I played it on. I got it on Steam, and I I was thinking I probably should have gotten it um on the Switch, but. Oh, wow. uh, the control scheme feels very intuitive. It's, um, there's, like, basically four buttons that you have to control, that you have to concern yourself with. There's left analog stick, right analog stick, uh, A, and, um, and the, like, shoulder bumper. Very late in the game, they also introduce a thing where you have to press B, which I never used. That's late tricks, I think. And it's like, I'm not doing that. Um, but, uh, the, within those four buttons, they do a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and they actually do an awful lot with just the analog stick and the A button. Um, because you, like, you use the A button to get faster, but if you, or to, you know, like, like, basically push yourself along with your, with your foot. Um, but if you hold it, then you get, like, a super push, um, Almost all tricks are done by flicking the uh, left analog stick. So, like, moving the analog stick out of center position usually represents a state of some kind, like you are crouched preparing for a trick, or you're grinding along a rail, or you're wall riding, and then letting go of the stick represents doing some some action. So, doing the trick, jumping off the wall ride, jumping off the, the grind. Um... So a lot of it is just timing between those two buttons. But then it's like, also you can press A right before you land in order to like do a perfect landing. Or you can like hold down the right analog stick at the same time to do a grab. Um, or you can like hold the A and like right or left on the left stick as you're landing to do a manual. Mm. Or you can... <laughs> Like, there's just so many variations. I'm forgetting a bunch of them. I'm sure there's, like, a direction change in the grind. There's late yeah. tricks. There's firecrackers, which, like, lets you safely go down steps. Um, they, just, they just keep introducing stuff. The advanced tricks, which they introduce pretty early, mm. where you, um, instead of just holding the, the analog stick in a direction, you could, like, you, you wiggle it around, and that, that lets you do a special trick when you when you release the stick. Yeah, if you can um, do a, a half like circle a, or a whole circle. Yeah. A series of rotations. Yeah, this yeah. game uh, and really, which... really hurt my pingas, my little fingers. Aww. Um, 
I don't know. This is like one of those things that made me think I probably should have gotten it on the Switch. But man, I was just like gripping my controller so hard and I would like find myself leaning closer and closer to my screen. And like every at the end of every level, I had to like, oh, I got to back up. I got to like lean back in my chair. Yeah, I didn't do as much leaning, but I could feel myself like making my body like doing a little jump at when I needed the character to like fling off a grind or something particularly high. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like moving my body, jumping upwards is not going to help the character get up more. Like that's not, that's not how that works, but I could not stop myself. Yeah. It really made me understand the, um, like how every time you see someone playing a video game in like a commercial or a TV show or a movie and they're just flailing around uncontrollably while holding the controller and I didn't, like, I always thought, oh, that's really stupid, and that's kind of like a joke, is like, that's really stupid, nobody plays video games like that, unless you're playing Ollie Ollie, apparently, then, <laughs> then, then you're just, then you're just zipping all over the place. Yep, or, or a racing game, do the racing game lean, where it's like, leaning yeah, is not gonna yeah. help you turn better, but you do it anyway. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I'm, I'm probably even forgetting some of the additional, um, Oh, and lane switching. That's another one. Uh, that's a button that's, like, different than all the other buttons. Uh, is Sometimes you will be in an area where you can switch to a different track on the Z-axis. So, like, forward and backwards along the plane. Um, and uh, that will take you on different paths. Uh, often much harder paths. Uh, this was, like, so I wasn't trying to, I knew I was not going to be good enough to do, like, completionism on this game, but I did try and take every path and every level just to see. Um, and sometimes that involved me sitting in the same spot for, like, 20 minutes doing the same 30-second thing over and over and over, because there was, like, one jump I couldn't get, but it yeah. took, like, you know, 20 seconds to get to that jump. Yeah, there. Um, that that is one thing that I definitely noticed is the, like the, the restart time was just like a touch too. Like there was just like a little bit too much animation on that, and I wish it dropped you back into the track a little quicker. Um, like how I don't know, like Meat Boy is pretty much instantaneous. Um, and I found myself lots of times getting frustrated with like having to do the same bit over and over again. But more yeah. so with just the, the, the little bit of wind-up that they give you. Interesting. That, like... I actually did not have a problem with that. For me, it was, like, just the right amount of time it took me to, like, center my brain again about, like, what was coming. Oh, so... yeah. No, my, my center time was the time where before you hit the button to respawn. Fair so enough. Maybe I wasn't. Yeah, just hit the know. respawn button immediately and then take your breather while it's yeah. ramping back up. That's um great. But yeah, so and it is relatively quick. So when you when you die, it just the game just stops and you ragdoll and then it waits for you to press the button and you can press the reset button in order to go back to the most recent checkpoint or hold it in order to restart the whole level. Um and usually every level has a like can you beat this level without using any checkpoints uh goal. And sometimes I could and sometimes I couldn't. Uh, and I didn't sweat it too hard when I couldn't. Yeah, I... Some of those jumps I, are hard, man. Yeah, I did really well at beating, beating levels without checkpoints for, like, I don't know, maybe the first two areas. And then after that, it was like, oh, no, never mind. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Like, sorry, you want me to, like, grind into a wall ride into, like, uh, a wall ride on a moving platform that's taking me upwards onto, like, trying to go on top of a train onto a series of, like, timed wall rides that you'd have to just barely hit as you're flying past them. And it's like, I, I'm... I'm not doing that on first I'm try. Gonna, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna complete the level, thanks. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never felt too invested in this game to, like, try to actually do everything. Do a really good job. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, same. And it's, you know, and, and like, not, not saying that that's necessarily, like, oh, because it's a bad game or anything. It's just, like... It's very hard, and you would have to be really into this sort of, like, control precision and timing type games in order to enjoy that process. And there are definitely are people who are. There are people for whom, like, that is the game experience they're looking for, and I'm sure this is great for them. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not my bag, necessarily. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I get it, but it's not my thing. So. It's, um... I was thinking about it in the context of uh, flow states, because I did find that I got into, sometimes I got into like a very zen state of like just seeing the things as they're coming and reacting to them and just like going, just, just flowing with the mechanics. Um, and I think it's because, I think that speaks to how simple and intuitive the control scheme is. Because mm -hmm. in... I feel like to get a good flow state, you kind of have to have one thing that's like consistent and like reliable, and then one thing that you have to sort of focus on. And usually in rhythm games, it's like the rhythm is consistent and reliable, and you have to focus on like what series of commands are coming up next. Whereas this, it's like you basically are doing the same command over and over, which is just move the left analog stick and release it. But the timing of it, varies enough that you have like that's the part you have to focus mm -hmm. um and that i think that makes for for good flow yeah i agree i was definitely definitely feeling it and i you know definitely felt like i did a lot better um at the game when i was kind of able to i guess force myself to like chill out a little bit and not worry so much about it um, yeah. I felt like I, I felt like I, not only did I like score higher, but I, it was also just more enjoyable. Um, yeah. So if I, if I found myself like pissed off after a level, I never, I pretty much never went back and was like, I'm going to do better this time. Um, like if a level really gave me trouble, I just was like, nope, it's done. Move on to the next one. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I feel like the, the sort of attitude and atmosphere of the game kind of encourages that mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. It's a very, like, specific tone. I don't know enough about real skate culture to rate, like, how this relates to actual skate culture at all. But it's certainly very distinctive. Not at all. Yeah, that was, that was maybe... That so, was maybe what I would suspect, but... I think, like, they do a lot of cool stuff, like, being able to change how you grab to, like, add customization to fit, like, your skateboarding style. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things are really cool, I think. 
but the like characters and like how they speak, I wouldn't say it's anything near anything skate. Yeah, yeah it, it it has the same style visually as um like Minute of Islands, which we I think we compared to like Adventure Time, basically. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's certainly much closer in tone to Adventure Time than Minute of Islands was. Um yeah. not that that's a high bar. But the characters are just kind of like fun and chill and just here for the rad tricks. And like the the story is that like you're in Bradlandia and you are like trying to impress the five skate gods so you can go to Narvana and be the next skate wizard, which is like some kind of like high priest of the skate gods. I'm like, okay, I I have no way of like evaluating if people who like actually skateboard will find this funny and cute or just like offensive and weird. I I mean, especially with like all of the puns in 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 the dialogue, my guess would be maybe it's uh slightly cringe for the people <laughs> who are into that. Um, you know. Yeah, I found that's, it. That's my that's my intuition. Yeah, I found it mostly harmless uh, yeah. overall, um, except for like maybe the last level, but we can get into that. Um. How far did y'all get, by the way? I did end up finishing it. I wasn't sure if I was going to, but. I did not. I got most of the way through. Um, the... I have like one word left. Oh, yeah. I got most of the way through the desert, okay. which I think I didn't get super that's far. It's been it's been kind of busy the last couple of weeks. So like, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, you I think I feel like you get most of the. Uh the important uh tricks by the yeah desert. i wanted to at least make sure that i like had played enough to get the gist of it and by that point i felt like i was had the gist of it and had most of the mechanics that they were going to give me so yeah i think the one trick i can think of that you probably didn't get to that i actually like um no two tricks that that i enjoyed after that um one of them is landing manuals um which is like you you when you land you I figured um, that one out by mistake. So I did get the, I did get that. Yeah, I figured that one out on my own kind of by accident just yeah, by That helps you do like uh like extend your combos basically. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so you you grab the end of the board when you land and just like skid across like one side of it. Um and like that one's pretty cool. Uh mm-hmm. and then um I think that's called manuals. I could be getting the names of things wrong if I am. Yeah, I that's, apologize. That's manuals. Okay. That's manuals. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was firecrackers, which is how you go down steps. Um, yeah, that's the one I didn't get. Uh, which you have to do uh, a landing, which is like hitting the A button right before you land, and then hold it while you're going down the steps. Ah. Um. And I mean, I'm assuming I'm assuming you can, since I didn't get tutorialized for manuals and I was able to do it, I'm assuming you can just do that Probably. without being tutorialized. And I'm yeah. guessing. And I you, Pretty I sure you can do everything from yeah. the start. Yeah. I think you may have to also hold either left or right on the... Yeah, you have to hold either the left direction or right direction on the left thumbstick while you're doing it as well. Okay. Um, 
And like it's it, it's actually surprisingly fun to go downstairs, especially because I think you learn it in World Four, and up until that point, anytime you so much as brush up against a staircase, you instantly die. So it feels satisfying to like not have to instantly die on steps. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one for sure. That's a good one to know. Um, but yeah, so the the worlds are um. The starting world is like a beachside uh, sort of area. Lots of like boardwalks and um, the, uh, what was I going to say? Nah, forget. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the skate god of that is like, has like a sand, like a children's sand pale helmet and starfish face. Um, all the skate gods are these sort of like really weird, surreal uh, people, things. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the second area is uh, like a big forest and you do a lot of like skating around trees and stuff. Um, and that that one has like a big leaf head. And that's skate god. The third world is the desert, uh, burnt rock. And that one is God the Mirage who looks it's like they're wearing sort of like a, a screaming cow skull kind of thing. Like, it's very weird. Um, then, and there's like a, that's got sort of a, you know, like New Mexico, Roswell, aliens kind of theme, like a little bit, uh, and a little bit of the like, you know, vibes of going out into the desert as a like religious pilgrimage slash burning man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then the fourth level is like a factory area where there's lots of like automation parts. So they're like, there'll be all these like moving platforms that you skate onto. And then you have to like not skate, uh, not be going so fast that you skate right off the front of it and not be going so slow that it like drops you off the back as it like moves forward with you. Um, and then the the fifth area is Vegas, which feels a little bit like a cop-out because we've already done a desert level at that point. Um, but they do try and focus more on kind of uh, like resorts instead of like being out in the wilderness of the desert. So, uh, Carl, how, in, how far did you end up getting? Um, I was in the final world. Okay. Um, maybe you said that and I just like spaced it out. Um, yeah, so the, the fourth area's god is, um, the, like, this sort of radioactive, uh, pink sludge ball woman. Um, and then the last one, um, Radisus is, I think he's wearing, like, a tux and has, like, an upside-down rainbow pyramid head. Um, he's, he's, like, probably the coolest looking, I think. Uh, the, so I was very convinced they were going to introduce a villain right at the end. Cause in the, in each area you end up meeting like the local skaters, uh, who have like a different skate culture depending on the, the level. And in the last one, there are a bunch of like YouTubers basically. And they're like, hey, you know, skate fans, like, joining us today are such and such, and we're going to be doing this. And they, it's revealed that the, they, they kind of, 
like they trash talk the rest of Radlandia. They're like, oh yeah, no, like this area is the only one that's like worth visiting in Radlandia, and like, oh yeah, no, Radisus has like, uh, you know, totally blessed the like three corporations that are you know like the three big companies that run this this region, and says like they're you know the heart and soul of this area, and your your former skate wizard friend says like, hmm, that doesn't sound like him. Um, and you find out that, like, the three people who are, like, these three YouTubers are all, like, the rich children of the people who run this area. So I really thought they were, like, setting this up to be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the part where you actually talk about the sort of, you know, anti-establishment skate punk culture and, you know, like, the fact that they've sold out and things like that. But no, no, they never really do. You just kind of, like... Uh, you do meet Radisus, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, those guys got me all wrong. Like, that's not what I'm like at all. But, like, then it's just, like, never really resolved. Yeah, that does seem like kind of a missed opportunity. Um... I wonder if it's something they were, like, going to do, and then they, like, cut for time or interest level or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, but you just you just get to the end, and then you ascend, and then it ends. Sort of a weirdly abrupt ending. Um, but yeah, you're going through, you're going through this journey with your, uh, group of friends who are searching for the next skate wizard to replace Chiffon, the previous skate wizard who's retiring. And she sort of helps you through, like, meeting the, the skate gods. Uh, the other friends are Mike, Suze, and Dad. Yeah. Um, Dad. uh, Dad is just kind of, he's like very safety oriented he wears like a helmet and and uh knee pads and and like elbow pads which nobody else does um and he like sells skate merch and you know likes bad puns um and drives the van uh mike is like the head of a skate magazine who's kind of like the big dumb one who just gets like very excited about things um, and food he gets really excited about food like yeah, food and aliens and uh, all these things. And then Suze is like a um, like camera person. She's like trying to capture the best, uh, you know, all the best shots of you and and video and whatnot. Um, and you know, they're they're basically they're they're not. The story is, I would say, like not exactly. Um, <laughs> the highlight of the game or anything. It's mostly just to give so that there can be characters at the beginning and end of each level to, like, introduce the level and any new tricks and stuff that are there. And that's, like, that's the entire point of them. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, it's not like yeah. it needs it. Um, it's a also, game about going on the skateboard. Yeah. Um, also, Danny Trejo is in the game. Um, I don't know if anybody else got that far. I didn't, but I think I had heard that that he was. Yes. Uh, he's a so there's a there's a side quest system, and I I actually quite like the side quest system. Um, so because they have the switch lane mechanic, and and also like you know another couple mechanics of like the ways you can switch paths. They through each level, there's a lot of like divergent points where the the different tracks will split apart, and there'll be like slightly different paths you can take. Um. And sometimes it'll, you know, split in two and then come back together. Sometimes it'll 
like split in three and they'll go widely different directions and you know sometimes like either one is interesting and sometimes like one's the hard path and one's the easy path like there's a lot of like a surprising amount of exploration to do considering it's pretty entirely linear sometimes there's even paths that like circle back around to a place you've already been but like each time you go through you like take out some of the um geometry that's like needed to support you so that like you can't do it infinite infinitely <laughs> um mm -hmm. so sometimes there's like a, a challenge of you know how many how how risky can you make these jumps so that you don't take out too many uh of your supports so that you can come back and do it one more time uh which is kind of neat i like those a lot uh, but the way they do, the way they hide side quests in the game is they'll put an NPC somewhere along one of the routes. Um, so you have to find them, and then as you're approaching them, you have to hit Y to get like off your skateboard and talk to them. Um, and it doesn't like hurt your score or anything. You just like you start again from where you saw them. Uh, but then talking to them will unlock like an extra level somewhere where you do a side quest. Uh, and there's one of the NPCs you run into who's like a businessman frog. Uh, and at one point, he decides that he's going to get Danny Trejo to, like, be the face of his advertising campaign. So Danny Trejo is just there in the level. I think if you win that one, you get a mask of his face that's just, like, photorealistic. Oh god, that's terrifying. <laughs> it is. I I don't, like, I didn't finish that level, but um, I I was looking through the, like, hats. Um, and I noticed there was a locked one that's just, like, photorealistic Danny Trejo, and I'm like, um... But, how yeah. Much, how much, like, time did y'all put into, I guess, customizing your character after the initial screen where you get to do that? Because throughout the game, um, if you if you do even a little bit okay, you're just, like, constantly getting new things, uh, like, new cosmetic items, basically. Um, yeah. and I literally never went back to the customized screen after I made my character for the first time. I did occasionally, um, because yeah. I, I wasn't a hundred percent happy with my look. So if I, if I saw that I had unlocked something that looked cool, I ventured back in, in order to like check it out. And then while I was there, I would sometimes like customize one or two other things. I guess I did check I... my deck once. That's it though. I, uh, switched board. Sometimes and uh, yeah, like styles. Yeah, yeah. I considered like you know, going into a, like more of a tank top thing for the desert levels because it's like warmer or whatever. And then I'm like, nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like that's dumb. Um, but yeah, no. I, I mean, the cosmetic stuff is fun. They have a lot of like cool options. Um, I, you know, as as I always do in games like this, I I tried to make someone who looked as much as possible like me, um, which meant I ended up using a lot of the simpler ones. But you can have like, you know, like dark blue skin and like weird alien face if you want. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so the the side quests are interesting because they're usually challenges that are like pretty different from the normal levels. Mm -hmm. Um so there's one where you're like there's a there's a bear floating by in like a an inner tube in a river in the background and you have to beat the bear to the end of the level. Um there's ones where you have to like go through the the level is a loop and you have to like uh 
while you're looping around it, like do a certain series of exact tricks without ever uh, wiping out. Um, or sometimes I know there was one that I did early on that was the same thing. It was a loop, but you have a timer and you have to get to a certain score before yeah. the timer runs out. That kind of thing. Yeah, that was the, that's the one that's given to you by the like uh, future predict predicting fish. Yeah. That's in yeah. one of those like crystal ball machine containers as its yeah. aquarium, which I think is a fun character design. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and I think of all the I so I I made it a point to every time I saw like side quest available because they they're very kind they very kindly note on each level like hey there is an NPC here that you can get a side quest from so you know like where to look for them, um, but. The uh, I, I so I made it a point of unlocking every side quest and trying it at least once. I think there was maybe one of them that I finished that I actually successfully did. Yeah, they're pretty difficult. They're hard. I got pretty far into one. There's one where you it wants you to do um a bunch of crystal smashing, um, which is like uh when you. They put these big purple crystals in the air and you have to be doing a grab uh, to in order to hit them. And sometimes there's like part of the path that's crystal. And if you land on it while doing a grab, then you smash through it and go to like a different route. Um, so this side quest was it was almost like a maze. Like there's a bunch of different routes that you can take and they all fold back on each other on like different ways. And you have to find all the crystals along all the routes and smash them all. And I, I tried that one for quite a while um, because I found it, like, really fun and interesting to, like, try and figure out what all the paths were and where all the crystals were. Um, but I was not, like, I, I kept wiping out, so I was not good enough to do it all in, in one go. Um, so I, I ended up giving up on it. But I, I liked that one conceptually, conceptually, I think, the best. And, and the mm -hmm. racing the bear one, which I also did not complete. <laughs> I don't think I unlocked that one, but I do like that concept a lot. That's pretty great. Yeah, I think you unlocked that one somewhere in the forest region. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Anyone I... else have any particular favorite side quests? No, but I just had a thought. Mm -hmm. This game is kind of like a Sonic game. It is. Yeah. And I've yeah, never I... thought about it. You're not wrong. Um, in the, yeah, in a sense that it's about, like, continuous forward momentum with, like, strategic sort of jumps and decision points in order to, to find the correct path. Um, and some Infinite Runner games are like that as well, although, uh, not usually, like, not usually quite as, I don't know, like, exploration and path oriented i guess most of the time but it's it's kind of i don't know it's a it's a unique blend of things that that is reminiscent of a lot of games that have this sort of like fast paced constant movement flow state sort of feel i guess i was surprised at how much uh how much of the game is actually like controlling your momentum um yeah. and and um you know making sure that you're going fast enough to, to land the jump or, or to clear the gap or whatever, but not going so fast that you don't have time to to rack up a score. 
<laughs> yeah, um, and not going so fast that you actually jump over the thing you're supposed to land yeah, on, which too. happens yeah. to be a bunch. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really delicate balance um, to 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 kind of to and swing that. Yeah, sometimes, especially if you have like a grind that's like going upwards, like a ramp at the end, the difference in when you release the jump and the end of the grind, it, it, doing it at exactly the end versus just a little bit too early makes a huge difference in the amount of height and distance you can get. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of times where I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to get that jump? That jump is literally impossible. And it was just a matter of like, oh, you just need to release your jump trick like half a second later. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's insane. But again, it it was like... It didn't feel like, oh, shoot, you got me on a technicality. It felt like, oh, you need to twe tweak your intuition a little bit. You need to get a better feel for how this this particular, like, part of skating feels. And, like, when you got it, it felt good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it always, like, for, for as... Uh... For as much as I'm not motivated by getting a good score, when I was able to pull off, like, a really long combo, for example, that felt really cool, and I was like, yeah, I did it. Um, yeah. So it was less about the final score and more about, like, how long am I able to keep this combo going. Yeah. Which, and you, you know. When you do something cool, you feel cool about it. Like, when you've been yeah. going for a while without slamming, you, like, you're like, yeah, I am good at this, I'm rad, and you're not good at it. But the game makes you feel good at it, and that's the what counts. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a there was one area in now I don't remember. I want I I think it's in the Vegas uh level where you're going down a slope and there's these series of incredibly tall, incredibly narrow wall rides um with nothing underneath them. Um there's and there's like six or seven of them. And you have to hit every single one or else you do not have the height um, to properly, like, land at the end. And it really taught me, like, when I first did it the first couple times, I was just kind of, like, flailing around trying to get, you know, like, oh, I need to react to the wall. But, like, once I got into it, I'm like, oh, no, there's a rhythm to it. I have to, like, basically just be on and off, just, like, flick the stick whenever I pass in front of one of these. And once I got like, oh, it's, it's a rhythm thing, it's a timing thing, I felt like super cool and I was able to do it almost every time. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I can see how like it might be pleasurable to get really good at this game. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not going to do it, but I can see why people would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's That's the real takeaway from this is like, I'm not gonna get super into it, but but kudos to people who do and do really I don't know get get the super high scores that I see on the on the leaderboard. Good for them. Yeah. Um. So another thing that you unlock besides uh cosmetics is songs. Um. And they like they kind of have like a pretty like chill indie soundtrack. Um. That just like and and you can at any point just change the track you're on. Like there's a there's a cycle. It cycles through like all the the different songs you've unlocked, and they're all like obviously instrumental. There's uh, you know there's no vocals or anything, but um, you can just hit the the bumpers 
at any point to like skip to the next one. So you have like pretty fine-grained control over your soundtrack as well. Mm -hmm. And they're all like the right mix of like sort of upbeat but non-confrontational, I guess I would say. Yeah. Which is um, I don't good know. to skate to. Yeah, it just it feels like music that is designed to keep you focused on the game. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it'd be a good, you know, like, background studying playlist kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about the art style. Made in Unity, which I think is pretty cool for a game like this. That's this, yeah. like, you know, physics and precision based. Uh, any other uh, points of note? Not particularly. I guess this is going to be a short episode, huh? Yeah, that's it's, fine. it's such a straightforward game that, it really like, is. it, it, it does what it sets out to do, and it does it really well. Um, and it's very simple, or I guess deceptively simple. There's not a lot of mechanics, or there's, there's not a lot, lot of, of mechanics. There's yeah, not there's, a lot of controls. There's, there's not a lot, lot of inputs. Control. Yeah, there's not a lot of inputs, but there's a whole mess of ways to combine them. Um, and that is uh, honestly really impressive, how much they managed to, to cram into, you know, basically just the left stick and a little bit of face buttons. Yeah. And that's yeah, basically it. I think the game overall has a really high, like, it has high quality for a very, like, <laughs> that's exactly what I was small gameplay loop. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is exactly the word I was going to say. It's like, I think this is a really high quality game. Like, it's very well made, and it's, it's like, very the thing it's intending to be. Um, so if, if it sounds like, you know, the sort of gameplay you enjoy, which is, like, you know, a high degree of control, precision, and timing, then, like, go for it. It's a, it's a good thing to grab. Um, not my kind of game, ultimately, I think. <laughs> but, but I admire it. Yeah. Um, yeah, is that it? Did we talk about it? I think maybe we talked about it. Or I think we did it. talk about it. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So I guess we can uh, segue into the next game that we're playing. Um, I feel like we're, we're heading into like kind of slightly tonally similar territory. Um, our next game we're going to be playing um, After Party, um, developed and published by Night School. Um, the same studio that made Oxenfree, uh, which is a game about uh, drinking your way out of hell. I played a little bit of it, and I, I remember there being uh, quite a lot of puns. Okay. But maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe, maybe a similar sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, to Ollie Ollie World. Yeah, definitely. So that's what we're playing for uh, the next which, few weeks here. It'll, it'll be interesting to see that in a slightly more narrative game, because... Uh, like, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite tone, but, um, it can be, it, it's not all, it's also not something I hate. It can be serviceable if it's done okay, so we'll see. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, uh, it, it's definitely, like, a risk-reward proposition with, uh, this specific type of sense of humor, I think. So we'll see how they do. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, also, by it. the way, that, uh, if you're listening to this, like, shortly after it comes out, um it's summer steam sales on right now so pretty much any if you've you know 
been listening to the pod and there's like games that we played that sound interesting to you, most things are on sale right now. True. So go go check out if uh, if something might be selling. I believe After Party is also on sale. Um, uh, or it was when we got it. I don't know if it still is. It's apparently not on sale. That's fine. Ah, boo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when this... Um, I know this one was an Epic exclusive for a while, so I don't know when it came out on Steam. Um, maybe that's why it's not on sale during the summer sale. We'll that see. That could be. Anyway. Um, I picked up... Uh, I also picked up uh, Stonefly by the creators of um, Creature in the Well, which you'll recall... I loved Creature in the Well. That was one yeah, of my Creature in the Well was a great one. One of my favorite things we've played, so I am very excited that they have made a new game and I'm excited to go check it out. Yeah, we're uh definitely planning on doing that one for a future episode. So, um yeah, might as well pick it up while it's on sale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what else? There's there's been a I got I also got Tangle Tower, which some people had recommended to me, uh which was like 5 bucks. Um so maybe we'll play that at some point. We'll see. I think that's a mystery game. Um, what else? I got Forgotten City recently. I don't know if that's still on sale or not. Uh, store page. Um, yeah, that one's 35% off right now as well. That's also a thing we're likely to play in the future. Yeah, yet another time loop game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta play them all. Somebody said time loop, and our ears perked up. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is thirty three percent off. If you didn't play, pick that one up, and uh, weren't completely spoiled listening to our last. Uh, yeah, uh, last one. Also, the uh, can I just say how funny I think it is that. Um, the test achievement uh, uh, on Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, a.k.a. like the quote-unquote impossible achievement, um, the one that you pretty much have to have entirely 100%ed, not 100%ed, but you have to like complete a substantial amount of the game for, um, is only 20, is like 25% of players have that, so a quarter of enti the entire player base has played through that. Uh, meanwhile, I'm here going through um freaking mini motorways again the other day oh yeah and, like just like the build 100 tunnels achievement 1.1 percent of players nice oh yeah you gotta get those you gotta get those rare chivos like but that's like it's like not hard it's just <laughs> that like i guess like a lot uh, it says something about the this the way in which people play the their respective games, I guess. Like, people play Stanley Parable to get through all of the things. People don't play uh, mini motorways long enough, or, like, dedicated enough as many sittings to, to build 100 tunnels. Yeah, I, I mean, also that's think that, like, the more popular a game is, the more likely it is you'll play it after you buy it. Yeah, that might be true. But I mean, like, Mini Motorways is, you know, it's not, like, an amazingly well-known game, but it's, it. I think, as indies go, it's probably among the, like, indie game people have heard of, you know, more than, more than most. 
but yeah, that's also totally fair. Yeah. So yeah, pick up, pick yourself up some games uh, to play, some games that we're gonna play, some games that we have played, or whatever it sounds like you want to play. Uh, is Ali Ali World on on sale right now on Steam? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's twenty percent off right now. Okay. Um, you need fair warning. You you there's no keyboard support. You need a controller. It's as I say, it's fine on Switch. Uh, yeah. It the the like there's some weird jankiness to the animations and loading, like in the beginnings of levels and between levels. Like you can you can feel the frame rate stuttering, but it none of that affects like during gameplay. During gameplay, it's fine. So that's good. That's important for yeah. a game like this for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alrighty. Yeah. Is it time it. for? Yeah, time for plugs. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Kelso Timebomb, uh, tweeting about my gray hairs that are coming in that I'm very excited about. Just count counting down the days until you're a silver fox. Huh? Yes. I'm, look, I'm waiting for it because um, the, like, I get my hair from my mom's side of the family and women, pretty much everyone on my mom's side of the family, full head of hair but completely white like not even gray it's just gonna be white pretty much overnight um from what i have heard heard from my my older female family members all right i'm so excited <laughs> i just i want i want it so bad <laughs> i've been i've been waiting for my hair to start turning gray for like god 15 years at this point i'm ready <laughs> so yeah that's where we're at you can follow me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go. Um, I have promised a friend of mine that uh, once I get the gecko, I will dust off my completely unused Instagram account uh, and post gecko photos on Insta. So once that happens, I will I will link that from my Twitter um, so people can see all the gecko pictures. Um, I also made a Vigi game called Wintermore Tactics Club. Uh, which you can buy on a variety of platforms. Uh, you can follow that at WintermoreTC on Twitter, uh, or go to Wintermore... WintermoreTacticsClub.com or WintermoreTC.com. Yeah, WintermoreTC.com. Um, I do this every week. I don't know why I still don't have that memorized. I, think, I don't think you plug the website every single time. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, and I yeah. guess we don't podcast every week either. But um, yeah, wintermoretc.com to find out all about like where you can follow the game and uh, and where you can grab it. It's and a good game. Do. Yeah, you should do that. Cool. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at skug3. Yeah, go yeah. take your sunburn and take a nap. Yep. You sleepy friend. And, uh, Sounds good. And and watch some speedruns. I yeah, think they're I think they're runs. doing a Shadow of the Colossus speedrun right now as we speak. Oh man. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Let's... Go watch some speedruns and we'll see you next time. Yep. And, and the next time will be at least three weeks from now, if not a little longer, depending on I will not have a, a ton of time to to play new games over the next few weeks. So we may end up taking a little longer on this one. But yeah. uh so be patient, but look forward to some cool stories next time we meet. Yeah, Gecko Watch 2022.
baby. Yep. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Bye.